Stay tuned now for Let's Talk About This with Tanya Weiss on 1460 WVOX. Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk About This with me, Tanya Weiss. I'm the Executive Director of Cancer Support Team. Every month, I hope you've been listening, um, this program invites someone to discuss things to do with cancer because it touches all of us, either directly or because we're caregivers or friends, family members of someone going through a rather tough experience. And I'm here to make sure that we share information and various ways to help. So today we're going to talk about blood cancers. With me is Melissa Darbondi. She's the manager of patient and community outreach with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Well, so in doing some of the research, I learned that blood cancers are about one out of 10, about 10% of all of new cancers that are diagnosed. Yes, about every three minutes, uh, one person in the U.S. is diagnosed with blood cancer. So that includes leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, and there are about three types of those cancers. That's a lot of people. Um, What exactly is blood cancer? Um, So for blood cancers, there are several types, um, and they affect the production um, and function of your blood cells. Okay, and so they come, so I'm not really going to remember biology class well, but I understand it comes from your bone marrow? Yes, it does. Um, So um, when blood comes from um, your bone marrow, um, they mature and develop into three types of blood cells. Uh, Red blood cells, white blood cells, or platelets. Mm. Um, Okay, so what makes a normal cell become a cancerous cell? Yeah, so um, in most blood cancers, the normal blood cell uh, will develop um, into a process that's um, an uncontrolled growth um, into an abnormal type of blood cell. Um, So these abnormal cells will produce cancerous cells. Um, And then it stops them from producing their normal function. So normal functions being like fighting off infections, um, stopping bleeding, things like that. Mm. So obviously this is a a, a pretty um, important um, function of the body. And when it goes awry, it can cause a lot of problems. Um, Any ideas um, on why these cells do that? What are the risk factors that you know of? So with blood cancers, the risk factors are unfortunately not fully understood. Um, It can be a combination of genetic factors and environmental factors as well. There's been some research into smoking, radiation exposure, certain chemicals, um, and they've all been uh, linked to the increase of blood cancer. Well, okay. Um, So you uh, mentioned earlier that there are three basic well-known types of blood cancers, leukemia, lymphoma, and myeloma. Let's talk about leukemia, first of all. Does that account for most of our blood cancers? Yes, it does. So um, It's about a third is what I've heard, right? Yeah, so about a third. Um, So out of that first, you know, 10%, Um, you know, there's about a third of that that is leukemia. Um, And if you remember from before, um, you know, we have the three types of, um, you know, blood cells, cells, which are, um, this one affects the white blood cell. 
Um, so when you have leukemia, your white blood cells are the ones that are kind of going going haywire. And um, I learned that there are two basic types. Yes. Um, so there are chronic and acute. Um, um, and what does that mean? Yeah. So chronic just basically means slow growing and acute means fast growing. And why is it important to know the difference? It's important to know the difference because that is where we can develop the treatment plan and how to treat you. And are some, um, it, it sounds to me like those that are fast growing from the amount I've learned about cancer in general, that fast growing often means you need to treat it um, pretty quickly. Right, that's right. Okay. Um, so if you, uh, so w- when does leukemia most often happen? Like in, in what age group? So leukemia, um, depending on the type of leukemia, um, it can happen at any time in your life. Um, There is a type of leukemia called acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is very common in children. Um, And, um, but it does generally increase with age. So what... um what are the treatments? I, I, again, know from having worked with um, a cancer support team, we see people with all different kinds of cancer. And across the board, when you're talking about cancer, getting diagnosed early is absolutely better. Um, yes. And so uh, what are some of the signs, signs and symptoms associated with leukemia in particular that um, people listening should be looking for? Yeah, so important. Um, so first, it's always very important to just keep track of things that are happening to you in your body and kind of know what's normal and what's not normal. Um, many patients with the slow-growing types of leukemia might not have symptoms, so it's really important to go to the doctor and have checkups, regular blood work. Um, some symptoms can include a persistent fever, very fatigue that you're not used to, night sweats, unusual bleeding or bruising, uh, weight loss, infections, um, so things that are not normal to you. But, of course, just because you have night sweats or you have a fever, it doesn't at all mean that you've got leukemia. Of course. Yeah. Um, So what are the particular treatments for leukemia? So the treatments for um, leukemia um, can include things like chemotherapy, um, radiation, even even a stem cell transplant. That's something you would decide with your doctor. Actually, one of our patients had a, um, a stem cell transplant um, oh, wow. a few years ago and is doing extremely well, I'm happy to say. Oh, so, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, my uh, shout out today to Gailey. Wow. Um, so what's the survival rate of leukemia? So good news. Um, so the overall survival, five-year survival rate um, among people diagnosed with leukemia is about 65% now. Mm-hmm. And um, I've understood, though, that it depends on the type because some, some of the survival rates are even higher, o- over 70%, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for the chronic um, CLL variety um, is over 80%. Oh, oh, that's really good news. And um, tell me about how leukemia and how the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society has been part of that. 
Yeah. Um, so LLS over the years, um, we have helped fund over 70% of the FDA approved blood cancer treatments since 2016. That's great. Wow. Go on. You've got more good news, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, so we've been, you know, around since before 2016. So, uh, we've been around since 1949, um, and in the 1950s, um, when we first became an organization, um, nearly all children with leukemia passed away, unfortunately. And because of the research that um, LLS funded and really started um, the survival rate for children today with that same disease is about 80 to 90 percent and is one of the most successfully treated cancers. That is truly fantastic. I am... Um Yes. Uh, it's always wonderful to invite someone on this show and have the story be a good news story. Yes. You know, no question about it. By the way, you are listening to 1460 on your AM dial. I'm Tanya Weiss, and our program is Let's Talk About This. My guest is Melissa Darbandi from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And if you have a question about blood cancers, we're happy to answer it. Please call. 914-636-0110. Okay, Melissa, let's now talk about the next type of blood cancer. What Absolutely. is lymphoma? So, lymphoma is our next um, type of cancer. Uh, lymphoma is a cancer of the lymphatic system. Um, so, you might know uh, the lymphatic system is part of the immune system. Um, it consists of lymph nodes, which are those small bean-shaped structures um, of the lymphatic system that filter out harmful substances. So it's kind of our body's cleaning uh, system, exactly. right? It, it takes all the uh, harmful infection type, um, even like for cuts and things like that, and right. it cleans, cleans it out. Yeah. cleans us. And um, I understand that um, uh, some people may know of this as, as, a, as Hodgkin's lymphoma or non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? Those are the two basic uh, types, although I know there's lots of subtypes. Right. So um, there's two different types of lymphoma, uh, one being Hodgkin's or um, Hodgkin's disease is another name for it. This type is really the young adult version um, and very treatable. And then if you don't have Hodgkin's lymphoma, you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, of which there are many, many different subtypes. Um, and this is this accounts for about half of all diagnosed blood cancers in adults. Um, so are the symptoms different than those of leukemia? Yes, some of them are. Um, so um, some of them are different, but a lot of them are very similar. Um, so unexplained weight loss, chills, fatigue. Again, remember, this has to do with the immune system. So think of when you're getting sick and your immune system um, is a little bit wonky. Um, but with lymphoma, you're also looking for enlarged lymph nodes, especially in your neck, arm, or in the groin region. Um, but also swollen belly, things like that. So, of course, all of us have experienced swollen glands, which is another way of calling that, you know, another way that we talk about yeah. that. And it's very normal if you have a, a flu coming on or a head cold sometimes or you have an infection, a bacterial infection, you will get swollen glands. So across the board, it doesn't at all mean. But in general, what is there like a time frame if it doesn't go away after, say, a week or like how um, I, I always... 
am anxious about giving advice because these kinds of symptoms can appear for lots of different oh, reasons. Oh, absolutely. Of course. So just because you have these symptoms does not mean that you have blood cancer. The important thing to know is if these symptoms are persistent for more than a few weeks. A few weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's really important advice. Um, are the treatments for leukemia different than those for lymphoma? Um, so, yes, I mean, there's, there's very individualized um, treatment plans for all of these different types of blood cancer. Um, and that's a good thing because that means that for your type of cancer, you can get very individualized treatment um, based on where it is in your body, what type of blood cell it's affecting. Um, so that's good news. So um, I understand also that in addition to the regular regimen of chemotherapy and radiation um, in lymphoma, they are now also offering um, things like immunotherapy and targeted therapy. That's that's very exciting because that's really some of the latest information coming out there on how to treat cancers. Yeah, and it's 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 great because chemotherapy and radiation really affect the whole body and the whole system. Well, targeted therapy and immunotherapy are kind of like what they say. Targeted therapy is more hones in on the exact area and where the cancer is happening um, and can be less um, invasive to your body. And hard to handle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Is there, um, so for instance, is there a difference in how they treat children versus how they treat adults? Is it a similar protocol? Young adults, because you had mentioned that um, Hodgkin's is one of the cancers that um, uh, is seen in young adults more often. So um, right now they're always developing new drugs um, and new treatments for the different types of cancer and different age ranges. Um, so, um, in children right now, um, we are looking to develop new treatments for, um, children specifically, um, through our Dare to Dream project. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, through our, um, research that we do, um, we fund, uh, millions of dollars of research every year, um, we have um, $1.2 billion in research since our inception. That's billion with a B. That is truly incredible. Um, and we have also developed what we call our master clinical trials. Um, so what that means is that we bring together the best and the brightest minds across the cancer ecosystem, really. So um, through our dare to dream program we are creating clinical trials specifically for children to develop new drugs and treatments so that they aren't receiving the same drugs that are made for adults so if someone listening is interested in learning more how would they find out about this dare to dream program so they can visit our website um, at www.lls.org and it's listed right there on the front banner called our dare to dream project Phenomenal. How long has that been going on? Is it new? It's fairly new. It's been going, I think it's on year six. Wow. Oh, that is um, excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the, uh, we've been talking about different types of blood cancer, and we've discussed leukemia and lymphoma, and now let's talk about myeloma. What is that? So myeloma is the third type of cancer. 
Um, and it's a cancer of the plasma cells. So specifically the B lymphocytes, which secrete antibodies. Okay. And that's, of course, still part of the immune response. Correct. And um, and it, there are, I, in our office, I was mentioning to you earlier, I almost never hear the term myeloma. I always hear the term multiple myeloma. So what is that and how is it different? So multiple myeloma has to do with the staging process of how doctors describe the progression of myeloma. Um, stage the initial stage is called smoldering myeloma where they don't have any um they're asymptomatic and slow growing um and then myeloma is just when there's a single um single incidence and then multiple myeloma is where it's more in the body in multiple sites so since these are this is a blood cancer is it a tumor that's existing or it's just located in your blood in multiple sites it's hard for me to imagine what we're talking about yeah so um it is happening um in the bone marrow and in the bone kind of growing from the bone marrow in the bone so you um what are how does one usually determine they have this type of cancer you said this one has a very different um symptom in particular yeah so um this one is different in that um in addition to the other um symptoms of loss of appetite fever one might experience bone pain mm. as part of one of their symptoms. Mm. And anywhere in particular? Particular, sometimes the back is where people experience this. So um, are the um, uh, number of people who get this, I my notes tell me it's a, a little bit under uh, one in five of people with blood cancers, about 19%. Um, however, you mentioned that there's a specific specific group of people that um, need to be more aware than others because they are far more prone to it. Yeah, so through research and data collection over the years, we found that black and African-American individuals are at least twice as likely to have myeloma. Wow. And is there, um, I, I know earlier we talked about the fact that some of the um, particular risk factors can be environmental or, or being exposed to certain chemicals or radiation, but there is a component that is genetic. Is that accurate? So there is potentially um, a, a part that is genetic. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Um, very, very interesting. So um, I know that in certain other cancers, because again, at Cancer Support Team, we see uh, blood cancers, but we see lots of prostate cancer and we see colorectal cancer and breast cancer. And it is also true in some of those cases where people of color seem to be um, having greater rates of some of these diseases. And sometimes um, their uh, outcomes have to do with social determinants of health. I'm not at all suggesting that it's genetic in all cases, but I, I do know that um, that people of color need to be aware uh, when their risk factors are um, and, and where the numbers are such that they need to be very aware of it to get diagnosed. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, okay, we talked about symptoms. Treatments. So treatments for um, myeloma, again, are very similar to, to what we've discussed before, um, and treatment for blood cancers have been, have been very personalized. 
um, yeah. over the years. And the survival rates for this type of blood cancer also? About um, 80% for yeah. the five-year. So really across the board, blood cancers are, are a, a type of cancer that um, has had a lot of research and that is very much due to Le- Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is fabulous, but the rates of survival have definitely been on the rise. It's, They've been going up, yes. Yeah, that's just... So So tell me a, a little bit more about what your um, LLS does and um, the different programs you offer because you do a lot more than just research. Absolutely. So... Um, more than just research and um, education, um, you know, we have resources here in the community. Um, me, myself, I am the patient and community outreach manager that works here in the field. I connect patients with our resources every day and work in the community. Um, we have our information resource center, which is our 800 number. That's 800 955 4572, where patients and families can be connected one-on-one with an information specialist who really can assist them through cancer treatment, financial, social challenges, and really be the front door to the organization. And um, I also understand you have peer-to-peer, so that means you connect um, new patients with people who've been down the road before. Yeah. Um, So nobody really knows what it's like to get a cancer diagnosis um, rather than the people who who experience that. Um, So we have a program where we're able to connect patients with other patients who have received the same cancer diagnosis that they have. And um, how does that work? By telephone in general? People do support? Yep, it's an over-the-phone connection. Um, We have a database of about 800 peer volunteers that are just waiting to connect with newly diagnosed blood cancer patients. I think that's really phenomenal. It's like having your own one-on-one support group, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. So you also have a, a library of materials. And I was on the website recently. Um, talk to me a little bit about that as well. Oh, yes. Um, so we have a team of healthcare professionals, um, you know, people who develop Uh, booklets, materials, guidebooks for how to help with finances, insurance, mental health, nutrition. Uh, We have booklets about disease-specific topics as well as kind of how to read insurance claims, mental health, everything like that. I mean, it's phenomenal. I I also... um uh, no, because I get the invitations, but you do a lot of uh, webinars. Yes. Um, yep. Are they for patients and family members as well, primarily? So they are a lot for geared towards patient and family members, but anyone is welcome to attend. Yeah, and again, how would people find out about that? All of that is on our website at www.lls.org. So how did you personally get involved in in working in this field? Um, So uh, um, I personally just love helping people. Um, I have a background in kind of patient services um, and cancer, so um, I love nonprofit um, and community outreach. So, and um, and how long have you been with um, LLS? Um, I'm coming up on my four-year anniversary in September. Wow, all right. Well, I am just past my four-year anniversary last February with the Cancer Support Team. Um, And um, I'd love to talk a little bit about where we met. Um, Go ahead. Um, Yeah, so we met at um, our um, Cancer Coalition of Westchester. 
Um, and we are a group of um, like-minded um, cancer support organizations that really come together and support one another and share resources um, and work together to support um, people with cancer in Westchester County. And family members and caregivers. Absolutely. And it the gamut. We have, um, I'd say, a, a, a solid group of about 20 organizations, although I think that the number that actually belong is double that. And um, there's the major medical centers, of course, but the, it's also places like uh, the Rye Y and Soul Riders and Gilda's Club. And it's just a fantastic group of people because, for instance, one of us might have a question regarding uh, is there someone who works with um, a young-ish, let's say a, a tween child whose parent is uh, very, very sick and this person wants to talk to other kids that are of a sim- in a similar situation and an email will go out to all of us and within a day you get five or six responses of where to go. It can, it can be something like that and it can also be something um, more critical um, as in where can so-and-so get help with XYZ type of treatment. But I've, I have found belonging to that uh, cancer coalition uh, one of the best parts of um, of, of of my job because I get to interact with other people who really are very dedicated to helping patients and family members. So, uh, Melissa, I really do want to thank you for being with me. This has been terrific. Oh, thank you. It's Le- been a pleasure. Leukemia and Lymphoma Society really is terrific. And give their website one more time. Our website is www.lls.org. And um, I am happy, as I have said before, to partner with you. Um, Our agency, Cancer Support Team, um, helps anyone with a cancer diagnosis and their caregivers as well who lives in most of Westchester County. Um, And to find out more about our agency, our resources and support and education about the disease with our nurses, care case managers, and our licensed social worker, please go to our website, which is www.cancersupportteam.org, or you can, of course, call me at 914-777-2777. So please join us again next month for Let's Talk About This. I'm the Executive Director of Cancer Support Team, Tanya Weiss, and we're here, of course, on WVOX 1460 on your AM dial the first Thursday of every month at 2.30.